let's hop, hop, hop onto that risen prison <laughs> cock. <laughs> really, that's right. That's right. <laughs> hello and, and that's welcome back. Yeah. That's the cold open. No, uh, hello uh, and welcome back to. Is that is it really? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really the that's really okay. the cold. Okay. All right, great. Go for it. I like it. Yeah, Risen Cryptid okay. Cock. Then. All right. Yeah. Uh, hello and welcome back to Twisted Mug Mysteries, your one-stop shop for everything spooky and occult. I am your host, the Spook Master General Brendan, and I am Matthew, and I'm Logan. And so today on uh, on Twisted Mug Mysteries. Uh, we're doing something a little different, something that we don't normally do, which is we're going to do a little bit of a cryptid megasode. Uh, you're probably familiar with cryptids if you're listening to this show, but if you're not, uh, Merriam-Webster defines cryptid as an animal such as Sasquatch or the Loch Ness Monster that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. So, you know, something along those lines. We did talk about Mothman uh Logan, you were on that episode. Matt, I was not. Is this your first? Oh no, you weren't on that episode. But I listened Neither to it, and it was very good. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, Matt, is this your first time on Twisted Mug Mysteries? This is my first appearance on Twisted Mug Mysteries. Yes, an historic. Because you day. just made, you just made your first appearance on um on uh, Stop Wait What the other day. Yes, this is a week or, of firsts. Yes, very that, that episode yes. is is as of yet unreleased. Right, but it, it will be coming out... Um, About a week and a half from now. Yes. Yeah. Or this Friday? I don't remember. Yeah. I think uh, July 10th. Something like that. Soon. Yeah. Soon-ish. You'll um, hear it soon. You'll hear it soon. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, Matt, are you familiar with how this show works? Kind I am of, not. Uh, I gotta say, I haven't listened to any of the other episodes I'm sorry, okay. but uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, no, I am not. Although I, I, I've, I'm not as engrossed in the cryptid, spooky Nicole community as you are, Brendan. Although I have seen many episodes sure. of BuzzFeed Unsolved, so I don't know if that counts Good. for anything. But maybe a, a half a foot in the door. There you go. Well, you know that's that's more than most. Um, so before we get started, and I want to talk a little bit about just cryptids in general, because we did an episode on Mothman, like I said before, but, uh, cryptids over time have developed this kind of unique fan base, like you said, Matt, uh, and they're kind of all based on urban leb uh, urban lemons, uh, <laughs> urban lemons, <laughs> character, uh, no, uh, urban legends, so they're all based on, ur- uh, Jesus Christ, I can't say the word. You just point you just okay. point at the camera whenever you want me to say it and I'll say it. Okay, okay. They're all based on Urban Legends. And they kind of seem to exist in the realm between uh fiction and reality. Thank you, Logan, for that. That was you're, very you're helpful. Yep. But it's it's sort of the thing where enough people claim to see something, uh, and so, you know, it, it maybe could be real. I'm sure that we're all familiar with the whole Bigfoot phenomenon and things like that. Um, yeah, but, uh, so we're doing this cryptid megasode and each of us here have researched a different cryptid to talk about on the episode and we're going to be presenting it for your enjoyment. Uh, before we talk about that though, do you guys want to talk about some of your experience with cryptids maybe, you know, like, are you in the like cryptid, like community kind of thing or like, do you know about it? Like, what are your, what, like prior knowledge, what's your prior knowledge on cryptids? Um, so as I said, I, I don't know too much about spooky occult and cryptid things, but I am familiar with a lot of the, the bigger and more well-known ones through shows like BuzzFeed Unsolved. I mean, obviously you got Bigfoot, you got Great Loch Ness show. Monster, but also uh, Goatman and Mothman, um, and you know they also do some of the supernatural murders and such that I think you've talked about on this show before. So familiar with some of those, but other than that, uh, not too much of an in-depth detail. And the one that I'm going to be talking about today... Um, I had no prior knowledge of um, uh, before researching him. So that was completely new for me as well, as I think it will be for both of you. Yeah, I uh, I actually I didn't know anything about my cryptid that I'm talking about today either. Uh, so this is kind of exciting. We're both we've both learned uh, things that we are now sharing with the group. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, as far as being like part of I'm sure there are like cryptid communities like, you know, the, the like cryptid Facebook groups and things like that. I'm, I've never considered myself to be like. Uh, you know, part of anything like that. But I've always found the idea uh, kind of fascinating, you know, both with these, like, 
these dangerous, like, Loch Ness or Bigfoot types, and just, like, the fact that, you know, there are animals out there, like, even just, even just animals, because cryptids can apply to that, too, um, and the famous examples are all, like, you know, one creature, and people are like, yeah, I've seen this one creature, this one, like, kind of character of pop culture, um, Mm -hmm. but I also like the idea that they're just, like, weird ass animals out there that we just haven't discovered yet and they're just lurking in the in the water or in the woods or or what have you so yeah i've always been interested in the ideas but uh you know other than other than the big ones that everyone knows uh and the mothman episode which i listened to but wasn't on um you know really not much experience with cryptids in the past so i'm excited to get into it sure well, I, I have some experience with cryptids. I am in those aforementioned Facebook groups, and, and nice. I've also watched a lot of BuzzFeed Unsolved, which, you know, directly inspired me to make this show. Um, but, you know, the cryptid that I'm talking about today was something that I didn't know that much about, but everyone in the groups that I was in kept talking about, and so I was really excited to, you know, do some research on it. But uh, pretty familiar with cryptids, and so that's that's where we are today. Uh, Logan, I believe you said that you wanted to go first and share your cryptid for today. Yes. What have you prepared for us? I have researched, aka read the Wikipedia article for, and and <laughs> I also I I did do uh, one extra piece of research that I think you'll enjoy. Uh, I, but I chose to research the Jersey Devil, also known as the Fantastic. Leeds Devil. Uh, do you two have any experience with this? Have you ever heard of it? Do you know at all like what it is about? I have heard of it. Yes. I have not heard of this. Please, do do tell. All right. Well, uh, in southern New Jersey and Philadelphia folklore, and this is actually why I picked it, uh, I, I went to the Wikipedia page of all the cryptids, and I just searched Pennsylvania, because we live in Pennsylvania, uh, for those listening Fantastic. at home who, who don't know that. I assume you guys know that, but that was more for our viewers. Um, we do? Listeners. We, what do you mean? I thought we lived in Alaska. Um, uh, yeah, and, and this was one of the only ones on that page. Uh, Didn't someone try to say we lived in Kentucky once? Wasn't like Nolan tried to say that we lived in Kentucky? Probably on an episode of Stop Wait What? <laughs> probably we were like, literally shut up. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so uh, we are in Pennsylvania. New Jersey is very nearby. I actually go to school in New Jersey, and so this was one that kind of caught my eye, uh, and I found this very interesting. So uh, in Southern New Jersey and Philadelphia folklore, the Jersey Devil, also known as the Leeds Devil is a legendary creature said to inhabit the Pine Barrens of South Jersey. The creature is often described as a flying biped with hooves, but there are many variations. Now, I, I, love, I love the image that it gives because it's so ridiculous looking, but also a little bit scary. And I also just love um, the, 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 the word description. So uh, listen to this. The common description is that of a kangaroo-like or wyvern-like creature with a goat or horse-like head Leathery bat-like wings, horns, small arms with claws ha- with clawed hands, little T-Rex arms, legs with cloven <laughs> hooves, uh, and a forked tail. Um, and now, if okay. you can imagine that thing, good for you. I'm I'm showing the guys uh, a picture of this on the call. It's it's mm. somewhat ridiculous looking. Yes, like a um, dinosaur. Yeah, it, it's kind of dinosaur looking. Uh, that was from the Philadelphia Bulletin in January of 1909. That image. Uh, another detail. It has been reported to move quickly and is often described as emitting a high-pitched, blood-curdling scream. Ah! So, interesting. <laughs> right off the bat, do you guys have any ideas, uh, you know, maybe a, an, an easy explanation of kind of, this is what people are, are mistaking for a New Jersey devil? I mean, someone, like... What immediately comes to mind is the blood-curdling scream reminds me of that video of the goat just, like, yelling. And it has a goat head. Yeah. So, like, maybe someone just, like, and put horns. Halloween... It, well, yeah, exactly. So maybe someone just, like, put, like, bat wings on their <laughs> goat and, like, drove it around the neighborhood or something. It's, like, screaming. And then just... Yeah, it's like the video with the Taylor Swift song where the goat screams. Yes, that's, that's exactly basically what I was thinking okay. of. So, so I think we solved it already. Uh, we're still going to read some more information, but uh, we already <laughs> solved it, basically. So someone put uh, fake wings on their goat, on their pet goat for Halloween, and then played a Taylor Swift song, and then it screamed. That sounds about right. Wait. Oh, oh we're, was that a joke, or is that real? No, that was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. Oh, that is okay. not true. I was like, damn, did I solve it in one? <laughs> no, uh, that would be great, though. That would be great. <laughs> no, no, you're not, you're not... You're not that good at this. 
<laughs> I don't um, know. I'm pretty good at this. So there's so this is the supposed origin of the legend. Um, according to popular folklore, the Jersey Devil originated with uh, a Pine Barrens resident named Jane Leeds, known as Mother Leeds. The legend states, uh, this was this was a very long time ago, uh, 1735. Uh, the legend states that Mother Leeds had 12 children, and after finding out uh, that she was pregnant for the 13th time, cursed the child in frustration, crying that the child no. would be the devil. During 1735, Mother Leeds was in labor on a stormy night while her friends gathered around her. Born as a normal child, the 13th child uh, changed to a creature with hooves, a goat's head, uh, bat wings, and a forked tail, basically the description that I gave before. Growling and and screaming, it beat everyone with its tail before flying up the chimney and heading into the pines. In some versions of the tale, this is fun, Mother Leeds was supposedly the witch, uh, a witch, sorry, and the child's father was the devil himself. Incredible. Hmm. Uh, and, and some versions of the legend also state that there was subsequently an attempt by local clergymen to exorcise the creature from the Pine Barrens. Um, so this, I mean, it, to me, it's pretty clear that that story isn't really true. Just like a mom, you know, accidentally got pregnant again and then cursed her child and then it became <laughs> this, this horrifying thing. Um, but uh, this, this is, it, it's sort of interesting when we talk about uh, some of the sightings because, uh, or the, the reported encounters, um, because they're, they're more modern and, you know, the legend has been around for years, but I don't know. So I'll, I'll let you decide for yourself. Uh, but according to legend, uh, while visiting the Hanover Mill Works to inspect uh, his cannonballs being forged, Commodore Stephen Decatur sighted a flying creature and fired a cannonball directly upon it to no effect. Uh, and to me, no. that just, so he lived from 1779 to 1820, so that was, I guess, somewhere in there. Uh, that just seems like he missed, Yeah, if you ask me. It's like, oh man, I shot a cannonball, it was just so evasive. I, I guess it's bulletproof, resi- or I guess it's <laughs> cannonball uh, resistant, so, you know. Apparently, I... I but in actuality, I, you just missed. Wait, say that again, you cut out for me. Sorry, we'll yeah, cut, mine cut we'll cut too. this. Sorry, part. It's okay. was, yes. Sorry, I was gonna say I, I'd imagine it'd be very hard to have good aim with a cannonball. So I don't know if I can fault the man, but yes, right. Yeah, I guess like shooting at a ship and stuff is probably easier than shooting at like a flying target, like yeah. a big cannon. Yeah, um, there is actually an encounter with uh, Napoleon Bonaparte's older brother Joseph Bonaparte. Uh, he claimed oh. he claimed Joseph. to see the New Jersey Devil. Uh, while he was hunting on his Bordentown estate in 1820. Uh, so that's interesting, a kind of cool historical connection. And during 1840, the Jersey Devil was blamed for livestock killings. Um, similar attacks were reported during 1841, <laughs> uh, accompanied by tracks and screams. And again, this just seems like, you know, someone did a really bad job taking care of their livestock, and they just, like, died of and some fucking like, disease or starvation devil. or something. They were like, oh, a monster came to my <laughs> barn and killed all these animals. Oh, man. It was like, it was just like a dog or something. When you were talking earlier about the clergymen trying to exercise it from the woods, I just re- imagined, like, a mom gets pregnant, but then, like, is like, ah, oh, I'm gonna just, like, throw the baby in a lake. And so she does <laughs> that, and then she's like, it turned into a demon. And then the priests were like, we have to go and exercise the forest where the demon is. And so they're, like, running around with their crosses, like, be gone. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> I mean, I, I somewhat get, you know, not, not that I totally believe in it, but, uh, like, a, an exorcism in a house is like, okay, I feel the, I feel the spirit in this room. I'm gonna basically just yell at it. Basically, that's all it is. You yell at it and you're like, be gone, spirit. <laughs> I'm going to get yell the fuck out of here. Uh, and that's kind of all it is. But if you know it's in one isolated area, that makes a little more sense to me. I can't imagine clergymen just going out into the woods and being like, well, it's somewhere in this forest. Let's just yell really loud and maybe it'll hear us. <laughs> We're going to exercise this whole forest. That's <laughs> an whole extensive forest. job. Yeah. I, yes, I don't know what the, what the fee for that was, but it must have been hefty. The trees it must have been hefty. hefty. Yeah. I'm sure it's by the hour. Um... <laughs> So, you know, there, the there, were a couple other, there were a couple other sightings here and there, but uh, in 1909, 
was when uh, there were a lot of sightings and, uh, you know, kind of when newspapers were starting to get popular, uh, the newspapers at the time published hundreds of claimed encounters with the Jersey Devil from all over the state. I mean, you got to assume at least some of those were just, you know, people trying to get attention, you know, cashing in on kind of the fad. Um, But among alleged encounters publicized that week were claims that the creature attacked a trolley car in Haddon Heights and a social club in Camden. Uh, Oh, my God. And what I find... Yeah, what I find really unusual about this is that when people say that they saw Bigfoot or they saw a UFO, it's like, yep, I was out late at night and I was the only one that saw it and no one else can can back it up. But like a social club and a trolley car and all of the people there said they saw it. <laughs> like that's uh, it's very strange. Cryptids don't usually pop up in like public places, I feel like. So that this really caught my eye. Fair. This appears to be a yeah, very brazen really cryptid. Very, yeah. very bold. Like, fuck it, it, it I'll attack a social club. <laughs> I know, I mean, Bigfoot's very private, and, but, you know, Jersey Devil, he doesn't give two. He'll go anywhere. <laughs> Jersey Devil's like, fuck you! If cameras would have been around back then, cameras that didn't take, like, an <laughs> exactly. hour to take a picture. To develop the picture. Yeah, uh, then, you know, maybe maybe we would have some, some concrete proof. Um, some footage of the Jersey Devil. Yeah, uh, and and supposedly during these attacks, the police uh, in Camden and Bristol, Pennsylvania, supposedly fired on the creature to no effect. Again, maybe you could just say they Bullet were just bad shots. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're, they're stormtroopers. They just kept missing. They're like, they, ah, they how do you get away? <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, so some other reports initially concerned uh, unidentified footprints in the snow. Uh, but soon, uh, then sightings of creatures resembling the Jersey Devil were being reported throughout South Jersey and as far away as Delaware and Western Maryland. The widespread newspaper coverage created fear throughout the Delaware Valley, prompting a number of schools to close and workers to stay home. So basically, this is the coronavirus in 1909 in New Jersey. <laughs> wow. It, it really got that bad that they closed down schools. They closed Man, schools. I, his, the hysteria from the Jersey distance. Devil. I mean, I guess he somewhat uh, accomplished his goal then. Yeah. <laughs> if his goal was to scare everyone. I know. They had to quarantine from the Jersey Devil, I guess. <laughs> um, this is this is really fun, and I would love to actually ma- see like some kind of movie or miniseries about this. But vigilante groups and groups of hunters roamed the pines oh and countrysides God. in search of the devil. During this period, here's something great. It is rumored that the Philadelphia Zoo posted a $10,000 reward for that creature. Uh, the offer prompted... Why? The, I don't know. The Philadelphia Zoo really wanted this creature. Uh, the offer prompted a Shout variety of hoaxes, including, and uh, this kind of fits with what we said before, one of the hoaxes that someone tried to get the reward was a kangaroo equipped with artificial claws and bat wings. <laughs> oh my goodness. Someone went to great lengths uh, to, oh, to fake They the got a kangaroo! Yeah, How somehow they got that? a kangaroo to New Jersey. That might be the craziest A kangaroo part. that was worth less than $10,000? <laughs> Apparently, there's if they no were way. willing to turn, there's no way that. they broke even on that. Even if they would have <laughs> exactly. gotten the reward, which they didn't. <laughs> um, but, but Logan, that does sound like a fantastic movie plot. I, I can definitely see something uh, happening with yeah, that. You know, that. sort of right? the ragtag group of farmers with their uh, their guns and their pitchforks storming off into the forest to catch the Jersey Devil. Yeah, and their fake Jersey Devils that they're bringing back to try and cash yes. in on this ten thousand dollar <laughs> reward. Yes. You could do a movie where, like, someone, like, needs to save their farm, so they're trying to create the most convincing Jersey Devil. <laughs> Patrick Wilson, if you're listening. Patrick pitch, Wilson, Come please. on, pitch this to your executives. This is good news. Exactly. Patrick if has a listening. problem. Um, soon. That he does. So, I, I wanted to talk about, um, well, first first of all, uh, I, I, the the first paragraph of the explanation section on on wikipedia says skeptics believe the jersey devil to be nothing more than a creative manifestation of the early settlers uh uh, bogeyman stories created and told by bored pine barren residents as a form of children's entertainment the byproduct of the historical local disdain for the leeds family uh the misidentification of known animals and rumors based on common negative perceptions of the rural uh the local rural population of the pine barrens so you know, I, I feel like that makes sense. It's I, I think most of these most of these sightings have pretty reasonable explanations. Um, the the next thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, the the Jersey Devil's place in pop culture. Uh, now, did either one of you watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the cartoon, as a kid? 
Yes. A bit, yes. I did a bit. I uh, can't say I really watched it uh, religiously, but uh, in an episode, uh, a creature called the Jersey Devil fights Raphael in a diner. And it does not okay. look anything like the description. It looks like that. I'm showing the guys a picture on the Skype call. If you're listening at home. Okay. It's like okay. a little tiny, like, I don't even know how you would describe this creature. He's got like I'm a scorpion's tail. Uh, uh, kind of interesting. But uh, the other the other thing uh, that I actually did a lot of research on, have either one of you seen the X-Files? I have I not. I have not. Okay. Uh, I, I've been wanting to watch it uh, for a while because I hear it's very similar to Twin Peaks. Go listen to Back in Style. Quick plug for that show. Um, yep. hey. We just released an episode yesterday, so a very special episode, so go check that one out. Um, but... Uh, on on the fifth the fifth episode of the X Files, I'm not sure if it's called the Jersey Devil or just uh, uh, heavily features it, but it's basically this is about the Jersey Devil, um, and in the end, uh, to just to spoil it, it's only the fifth episode, so I figure you know if if you're hoping to watch the show eventually, uh, it's it's not that big a spoiler, um, but it turns out basically just to be a homeless woman um, that people are thinking is the Jersey Devil. Um, oh no! But, it's a homeless uh, woman. <laughs> but essentially, oh, no. well, yeah, it, it's a little more interesting than that. So uh, essentially, the beginning of the episode, um, uh, a body is found in the woods. Uh, it looks like it's been eaten by, uh, you know, human teeth. They they do a lot of like diagnostic work and that type of thing. Um, and uh, 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 and so then I think a while later they find that uh, they find a body. Uh, an, a second dead body that's missing a tooth that was found in the first dead body. So they put it together that, uh, you know, the, the first guy or the, 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 yeah, the first dead body that they found was, you know, killed and uh, cannibalized by the second dead body that they found, if that makes sense. Um, hmm. And there's a very interesting conversation um, around the midpoint of the episode. Uh, really cool scene. Uh, where the the main characters um, Scully and Mulder Mulder is played by David Duchovny, who we know from Twin Peaks. Uh, yes. Very strange to see him as a man in this show, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the two are having a conversation with uh, a professor of anthropology, um, and basically the point of the conversation is that the traits that we as humans have maintained through evolution have made it basically so that. We kill other species to maintain our place, and we're able to do that because of evolution. Um, and if there were some kind of fluke um, and something were above us in the food chain, uh, that's what they're talking about. That and and if someone just reverted to you know bare animal instincts, um, the possibility of some kind of carnivorous or uh, cannibalistic caveman um, or or something like that. Um, and, and at some point in the episode, uh, David Duchovny is looking at a, a drawing of what someone, a, a sighting of the Jersey Devil. And it's essentially, it's like the goofiest scene. It's just basically Bigfoot with breasts. And he looks at this picture and he calls his partner and he goes, I think this may be a woman we're actually looking for. Um, and so uh, uh, basically at the end of the episode, uh, he finds this this um, ca- kind of caveman-looking woman, uh, cave woman, I guess. I don't know why I said caveman woman. That doesn't make sense. Um, caveman th- woman. They find this very uh, like dirty cave woman who's been living in the woods um, and avoiding people and apparently like eating people. Um, oh and God. and they find her and uh, it's very interesting. Uh, Mulder's analysis at the end of the episode is that she was just protecting her children. Um, and she was, uh, because obviously, if she has children, there had to have been uh, a, a mate uh, who was, you know, the man that was found to have eaten the other man towards the beginning of the episode. So it's really interesting. And then at the end, uh, we actually see a, a, a very dirty looking child kind of peek out from, uh, from like sort of the ground in the woods. Uh, it's really interesting, but I kind of like the idea that... Um, there are just humans in the woods with uh, animal instincts that will just, you know, kill in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, Hmm. I I find that really fascinating, and I like that explanation for the Jersey Devil. Um, Even though, you know, I was watching that episode expecting to see, you know, this this CGI uh, kangaroo kind of thing in action. Um, 
but I, you know, I, I didn't really know at all what kind of show the X-Files is. And, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, some, some pretty interesting ideas. What do you guys think about that interpretation of things? It's definitely a lot scarier than I think actually stumbling upon a Jersey yeah. devil yeah. finding, you know, a, as you said, a cave woman who, who will eat you and is living barren out there, uh, in a cave. I mean, that would be terrifying. More so yeah, than finding a, a goat slash bird slash whatever creature <laughs> that is. Yeah, I mean, like, cryptids in themse- like in and of themselves are, like, scary. But also, like, I think it's it's very much like the Scooby-Doo effect. Like, where you find out that, like, oh, you know, like, the monster wasn't real, but it's actually a human. And, like, it's also kind of the alien effect where it's like humans are shittier, you know? <laughs> humans are like at least the jersey devil would just be like a wild animal this is like some asshole human <laughs> that's gonna eat you mm-hmm. maybe it's just the evil that yeah. men do you know uh maybe the evil within. <laughs> all right well i think that's all i've got to say about the jersey devil unless you guys have more to add i no. think there's an episode of maybe. supernatural where the Jer- uh, the jersey devil is in it but it's it's still not actually the jersey devil oh I think interesting it- I think it might also be a, some kind of cannibalistic human. Hmm. Um, okay. But I could be wrong about that. It's it's like later in the show, uh, and I haven't watched Supernatural in like years. But yeah, anyway. interesting. Yeah, it was very interesting. I thank you, yes. Logan. That was that was very informative. I really enjoyed it. Yes. That. Cool. Thank you. Very enlightening. Matt. Yes. Um, and now we move on to my cryptid. So I'm very very excited to talk about this one. Um, Let's just hop right into it. So, uh, the name of this cryptid is the Loveland Frog. I will repeat that. The Loveland Frog. Loveland being one word. And Loveland standing for Loveland, Ohio, which is where the majority of the sightings have taken place. So, just to get into a basic overview of what this creature kind of looks like, um, from the sightings, it is speculated to be some sort of humanoid frog, uh, standing at four feet tall or larger, that can you know stand on its hind legs, um, and primarily spotted, as I said, in Loveland, Ohio, which is a small suburb a little bit northeast of Cincinnati, and specifically in the Little Miami River, river which is a tributary of the nearby Ohio River. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at pictures right now. <laughs> yes, uh, I have a photo. Let's see. I'll, I'll send it into the chat right now if I yes, can. Yes, send us the photo. Um, and if, if if you have a way to look at photos on the internet, for sure Google these things. Unless you're driving, yes. um, or check them out. We should we should post photos of them on our Instagram. Oh yeah, oh we should. Uh, then people people could go check them out. So go check them out on our Instagram at Twisted Mug Media. Hell yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, I always want to get a plug in there. Um, of course. So this, uh, as it is with most cryptids, uh, you know, legends of the creature have been passed down for many generations, right? A lot of people know about it. Um, but let's talk about the very first, uh, reported spotting of the Loveland frog. So this was in 1955. And, you know, as with a lot of cryptids, there are a lot of versions of this story, uh, but kind of across the board, the consensus is that there was some sort of man, some stories say a businessman or a traveling salesman, who was traveling in the Branch Hill neighborhood, and it's been speculated that that might be specifically the Hopewell Road. He was driving at nighttime, and as he was driving, uh, one version of the story says he spotted three figures standing erect on their hind legs along the side of the road. Each of them three to four feet in height, and uh, the story in the story they are described as having leathery skin, frog faces, deep wrinkles on their heads, and being hairless. <laughs> Disgusting. I love, the, I love the deep wrinkles in occlusion, as if they are as if the frogs are deep in thought or pondering something. <laughs> um, and then in, in, in the other version of the story, which I somewhat find to be even creepier, the creatures were spotted under or over a poorly lit bridge. Um, and in this version of the story, when the businessman saw the frogs, one of the creatures held a wand over its head and fired a spray of sparks, startling (laughs) the observer into fleeing the scene. Wow. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I found a picture of a frog with a wand. I'm very, I'm very pleased right now. Go on. So, uh, well, first impressions of this of this first sighting and the Loveland frog, and if you guys have any prior experience with this one. 
I definitely don't have any prior experience with it. Me neither. It It sounds like this person was tripping balls. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Giant frogs? And one of them has a wand? Uh, What year did you say this was? So the very first spotting was in uh, 1955, but I'll get into some later ones. Okay, interesting. When was LSD a thing? Hold on. So uh, this is, I I will, you know, I I think this is is about right. Yes, I, I, I will agree this is a pretty out there story, kind of fantastical, especially the part about the wands. But as we go along in history, the the, spy, the, so, the spottings get more and more detailed. So the one that kind of attracted national attention and got people talking about it was in 1972 on March 3rd. And it was in the same area, the Loveland area. Uh, a police officer by the name of Ray Shockey was driving... Uh, near in Ohio, near the river I mentioned before, when he spotted an animal that scurried across the road in front of his vehicle. He could not make out exactly what this animal was, but it was fully illuminated, and and he described it as three to four feet long, and uh, roughly, by what he could gather, about 50 to 70 pounds, again with the leathery skin. And then he said that he spotted the animal crouched like a frog before it stood erect and climbed over the guardrail and back towards the river. Now, this story gets even crazier, because about two weeks later, another police officer from Loveland, by the name of Mark Matthews, also saw some animal crouched along the road in the same sort of area that Shockey saw it. Um, But now, at this point, Matthews shot the animal and recovered the body and put it in his trunk to show the other officer, Shockey. Um, And they gathered that it was a very large iguana, which was about 3 to 3.5 feet long, but the the whole mystery as to you know why they couldn't identify it as apparently an iguana is that it was missing its tail, um, and the two police huh. officers speculated that this this iguana may have come from some sort of escape from an aquarium. Maybe it was some sort of pet, some result of some weird crossbreeding. But uh, they they both agreed that it was you know possibly some sort of iguana. Um, and uh, the animal was dead, and I, I couldn't find any information as to what happened with the animal. I'm assuming they disposed of it. So I'm finding <laughs> that uh, I'm finding that the largest uh, iguana is uh, the the green iguana, uh, and it's uh, uh, adults typically grow to uh, 3.9 to 5.6 feet. So yeah, I mean Holy that would Jesus. that would kind of match up, uh, but that's but from head pro- to tail. Yes. So yes. if the so tail from yeah. toe to tip. Tip to tip. The problem is that um, I I don't know if that's specific to the Ohio area because the research that I did showed that the lizards that exist in the Loveland, Ohio area, the largest one uh, that is known is called the tiny broad-headed skink, and that's only 6 to 13 inches. Um, And I had seen photos of this lizard, just people holding it in their hand, a very pretty tiny lizard. So research shows that there's no real evidence for a gigantic lizard of that sort. It almost sounds like some sort of crocodile or something, although they both or the one officer testifies that it was an iguana of sorts. So very confusing. A lot of speculation and not quite sure. I don't know what you guys think about this part. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. I do I do love these photos of like what appears to be a frogman standing in the lake that I'm seeing. Yes, uh, and that, that leads into that. exactly the other spotting, which I'm about to talk about, yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, so, yes, so that photo is taken from the most recent spotting. This was actually a photo taken on August 3rd, 2016. So hmm. the, the sightings of the frog kind of went quiet for a while, um, and then it resurfaced recently in 2016. And the photo in question um, was taken by Sam Jacobs. Uh, and this is a really great story as to how he got it. But uh, and this was you know reported in a lot of news stations in Ohio. A lot of uh, local stations picked this up. Sam Jacobs uh, said that him and his girlfriend were playing Pokemon Go uh, in the Loveland town when they nice. spotted the purported Frogman. And this is a this is a uh, direct quote from from Mr. Sam Let's Jacobs himself. Krogunk. He said, "We saw a huge frog near the water. Not in the game Pokemon Go." This was an actual giant frog. <laughs> <laughs> and really he reported funny. that the thing stood up and walked on its hind legs in the river. Um, and I know, Brendan, you said you saw the photo. Logan, do, do you have this photo? No, no. I'll, I'll uh, I, I, I've seen it, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. It is Very out. interesting. 
It is very interesting. Uh, in the photo, the frog, you kind of you can see the torso and the arms, and it appears to have these glowing eyes, these very, very, very bright eyes. And Jacob said, in a quote, he said, I swear on my grandmother's grave that this is the truth. And he said he wasn't sure whether it's a frogman or just a giant frog. So there really was, you know, uh, unlike the other story, there was no recovering of the body, anything of that sort. But we do have probably the most concrete piece of evidence is this photo for for the the Loveland giant frog. Interesting. It looks concrete to me. Yeah. It does. Um, so getting into explanations, you know, kind of what, what people have speculated might be uh, you know what this creature is. We already talked about the lizard, although the difficulty is that there aren't any gigantic lizards in that area. Yeah. Some people have speculated, and I've, I've kind of heard this with other cryptids as well, because a lot of cryptids are described as having leathery skin. A, a common reason given is they might be some sort of mangy dog or coyote, because uh, when dogs or yeah. some sort of animal have mange, the, the skin will fall off because of... Uh, uh, mites or ticks and revealing this very gross leathery skin that I'm assuming from a distance or you know when lights are splayed upon it could be construed as uh, some sort of reptilian or amphibian skin or something of that sort well what I think is odd about that in this case is that it like frogs it like that that man was living in water so I don't know that, yeah. if that's like a stray dog with mange I don't I don't know that, that necessarily adds up also like yeah I feel like you would be able to tell uh, the difference between, like, if something has, like, a more leathery, like, amphibious skin or, like, scales, like, if it, if it was an iguana. Um, so, I don't know. That's, a, that's an interesting proposition, but I think the fact that it lives in water makes this one a little more complicated. It's tricky, I'm yeah, trying... because the dog and coyote explanation may apply better to the to the sightings by the police officers in front of the car because they never spotted it actually in the water. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about the 2016 photo is that it is very unique and kind of exists in a category of its own because it's it's literally standing up in the water. And I agree, it, it doesn't really work to get, say that that's a dog or a coyote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm trying to look at it and see if there's any way that you could like frame that like what i'm seeing because it is it is still like a grainy photograph if there's any way that that could be like a dog's head or something <laughs> and like the, are the arms like the ears i don't know but then you can see the like the bright light is in the water yeah and it's like it's not just a flash from the camera it's it's like very much like oh those are two lights and it's emanating from those you can see it reflected in the water in front of him yes it's yeah it's very very and it's like a fairly you know it's a little bit blurry but you can make out decent detail from it you know it's i don't know and it seems very elaborate of a hoax to you know yeah. <laughs> you know like some frog of the bigfoot men. ideas to throw someone in a frog and or in a frog suit and you know play pokemon go then stumble across him so i you know it's yeah. definitely interesting as to what the explanation for it is well also you know it's not it's not too crazy like you know when you hear about um when you hear about a, a kangaroo bat that demon that's like flying around the woods of New Jersey you're like uh, okay but really but like I think what makes this one scary is that uh it could conceivably re- be real like the the not necessarily um you know the, the magic wand bit where he sent sparks out of his wand. That's a little. That's a little goofy for my. Uh, for I my do love suspension that, of disbelief. I love it. I love it, but I don't think it that it's real. Um, but but I mean, just you know, there there being a four foot frog, just an enormous frog, is something that's like uh, kind of terrifyingly realistic. You know that that could potentially happen. And also, if someone really wanted to make this up. They would be like, oh, man, I saw a frog that was, like, nine feet tall. It was enormous, and it had huge, sharp claws. But this dude was literally just like, no, it's, like, it's like four feet, probably. Like, kind of short. Kind of short. Nothing crazy, <laughs> but, like, really big for a frog. That's weird that, that the frog is that big. Um, so, I don't know. I think, I think it's – this one is believable to me. This one is plausible. I did look over, and there's a journal sitting on my shelf that has a frog on it, and it did spook me mm. for a second. Ooh. I'm not. This is not a goof. This is not a bit. There's a frog journal. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. I that, part of the reason why I chose this cryptid is that um, if if you know me, you know that I'm I'm not a big animal person at all. 
Um, and I kind of have a fear of some, so, some animals, but for some reason I've always had an affinity uh, towards frogs. Um, nice. So I thought this was nice. this one was interesting. But yeah, Logan, I agree. And and it's uh, part of what makes it so scary is that it is have these sort of human characteristics. I mean, whenever uh, people describe a, you know, a typically four-legged creature as being a, a biped creature that stood erect, I mean, that is always a terrifying prospect. Yeah. Uh, so... It definitely, you know, I would be very intrigued to see if there are any spottings uh, in recent years. It seems to kind of come in cycles, so it may be a couple of decades down the road. But uh, getting I mean, into some... Pokemon Go, it's pretty recent. I mean, I, it's true, it's true. So uh, following in Logan's footsteps and kind of referencing some of the popular cultural references uh, towards the Loveland Frog, I found one that was very, very interesting. So in May of 2014... The Loveland Frog Legend was turned into a bluegrass musical titled Fantastic. Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. <laughs> no way. Good. That's the real title? Yes, that is the real title. So this That's premiered brilliant. at the 2014 uh, Cincinnati Fringe Festival. Um, it, it, it was written by Cincinnati area actors and playwrights Joshua Steele and Mike Hall, who are the creators of other classics such as Zombie Log, which is a one-man show detailing one zombie's personal tale of the apocalypse, and Don't Cross the Streams, which is a tale about a New Jersey theater's sweeted version of Ghostbusters. Nice. So, you know, definitely some interesting plays and development over there at that company. For sure. What is it called? Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog? Hot Damn, exclamation point, it's the Loveland frog that is incredible wow yes it's fantastic and interestingly enough um i really did an extremely deep dive here with the research and found myself down a complete rabbit hole but i was actually able to draw some very interesting connections (laughs) between this musical and our very own flagship ctp show uh okay (laughs) By which I mean, um, after conducting some very, very deep research, Mike Hall, who was one of the creators uh, of, of of the musical, uh, going through some of his works, I found that kind of, you know, when they talk about, what is it, the, the eight degrees of Kevin Bacon or so, mm-hmm. uh, following that same pattern, I found that through performance he had worked with, through people who had been in certain productions, you could eventually make your way to Amy Adams starring in Radiance, The Passion of Marie Curie. Of course, Amy Adams starring in Arrival, which is the Arrival. first ever CTP show. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. So I, I kind of fell down a rabbit hole and almost spent more time researching the musical than the frog cryptid <laughs> itself, but I found that to be oh, very like interesting. <laughs> wow. I really want to listen to this is- is that music copyrighted? Could we, could we play like one of the like a little snippet of one of the songs? It's, so I couldn't find any videos from it. I'm not really sure. And it was like a fringe festival, so it was probably a very short musical. And I'm okay. not sure how well recorded or <laughs> detailed the play itself was. But I think there have been multiple iterations of it, and there are like in fact reviews of it in newspapers at that time, which is pretty funny. Okay, so we need to get in contact with the the creators of hot damn it's the loveland frog and we need to put on our own uh twisted mug media version of this musical i'm sure i'm sure that brendan between you and i probably you uh you you have some sort of connection that to to this (laughs) musical i mean with all the theater stuff you do you've got to be you know in, in contact with someone who could get in contact with someone about who about knows the about it about hot damn it's the I'll Loveland s- Frog. Wow, that's really incredible. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Yes, good. But we'll we'll keep you updated on that. All for the podcast. Uh, Matt, is there anything else that you would like to tell us about the Loveland Frog? Uh, that just about wraps it up. But uh, as always, keep your eyes open, folks, yes. especially if you're driving through Loveland, Ohio. Yes, of course. Well, thank you, Matt. That was that was very informative. I, I, re- I, I really enjoyed that. Um, now, before I share mine, uh, I have an image that I would like to share with you, friends, if it will send in the group chat. Okay. And please. Please. You could cut this silence we'll if this. you want. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just cut this. Yeah. Uh, I just will cut to when I when I send you the picture. 
God damn it. Come on. There we go. Okay, so I'm sending you the picture now. And I want you to look at that picture and tell me what you see. <laughs> I see two pairs of white pants standing up on their own. Matt, what do you see? Um, I would speculate that this is maybe some sort of child or person uh, wearing the classic ghost costume with some sort of sheet over their head with maybe a similarly clothed person in the background. Okay. So this, my friends, is the Fresno Nightcrawler, otherwise known as the Fresno Alien. Hmm. And it's made two appearances so far, one in Fresno, California, and the other in Yosemite, Ca- uh, in Yosemite National Park. Um, and in both sightings, it's only seen in video footage. However, a man in Poland has claimed to see the creature. Um, and it's also supposed to uh, resemble the Carmel Area creature, which I'm also going to talk about the Carmel Area creature and the sighting on that before we get into that. So here is an excerpt of the sighting of the Carmel Area creature, which is supposedly very much like the Fresno Nightcrawlers. Uh, the witness, a 60-year-old ex-marine yet to be named, and his wife were driving near Carmel on December 12, 2014, when they came up over a hill and saw a seven-foot-tall, slender gray creature, which is now known as the Carmel Area Creature. Uh, they said, We recently bought a place in the Fort Hill area in southeast Highland County. We first noticed, after about 30 years living here, that we suddenly have a perfect circle that stays fresh green no matter what weather in our front yard on Friday night. We were driving home. After turning on Carmel Road, which leads to our road, we went around the curve by the Carmel Church and then up a small incline and approximately 10 feet over the incline in front of our truck, the alien ran across the road and into the woods. Uh, there have been many possible sightings of the Nightcrawler in the form of the Carmel area creature, a thin, armless, pale, white humanoid creature seen in Ohio. Um, so the Nightcrawler has also been spotted in Yosemite National Park where footage was again taken from what appears to be another security camera. This time there are two creatures, one being very small, uh, less than half a meter tall, and I don't know, that's just the measurement of unit that they used in the article I was reading. Uh, And the feet of the creature can clearly be seen, as well as what appears to be some sort of webbing connected to the knees and upper body on the, uh, yeah, thing. So... Then there was the one time that it was recorded in Poland, and it was uh, appeared to be recorded by a handheld camera from the uh, shakiness of the footage. And the creature can't be seen for too long, but appears to have similar traits to the larger one taped in Yosemite National Park. <laughs> so, these are some explanations for possibly what the, um, the Fresno Nightcrawler might be. An alien or extraterrestrial being. A new species, possibly a primate with short arms, a misidentified gazelle standing upright, pants, and or a puppet on a wire. <laughs> possibly a new ent- uh, new kind of animal entirely, maybe a mammal. And so, Fresno nightcrawlers have appeared uh, to be relatively short, about a meter and a half, uh, most of their height being made up by their legs, as they have a very small upper body. It's just kind of a little tiny bubble thing. Um, And it's hard to find details on the upper body of the cryptid due to the poor image quality from all of the different recordings. But it appears to be extremely thin and kind of humanoid, uh, generally white or grayish. And larger uh, the larger specimens appear to have webbing connected from each knee to their torso. Uh, They're supposed to have kind of short and thin stilt-like feet. And it's hard to judge the exact characteristics of them due to the poor image quality. The the caramel area creature is tall and gray with presumably no arms and long muscular legs. It's bipedal and walks in an odd manner with its backward bending knees. And Mm. it resembles the Fresno Nightcrawler. So, there were claims that they are part of Native American uh, folklore, but it's been debunked. When the first sighting happened in Fresno, California, by a man named Jose. And Jose had a surveillance camera watching his front lawn, and he looked at the camera when he heard a dog barking. So, yes, Jose had the first thing. But now we're going to talk a little bit about paranormal investigator Victor Camacho, uh, who analyzed the original surveillance footage shortly after it was captured in uh, 2007. 
in Fresno. And he said that he contacted the man um, after he brought the footage from his front lawn. So this was Jose, I assume. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah. So the Fresno Nightcrawler uh, is known in media for being one of the two featured cases on the second episode of sci-fi's factor faked paranormal files and the team deemed the nightcrawler unexplainable and it is also now considered a fun urban legend and an endearing addition to pop culture hey you said it right it's also a yeah <laughs> uh also it's a kind of random thing but in the cryptid facebook group i was talking about before uh, everybody loves these things. They think that they are the most adorable thing. So on the show was the first time when uh, they called them night crawlers. Uh, and that apparently never made sense to the local expert on the battle, uh, Michael Bonte. Banty? I don't know. Uh, but he founded Weird Fresno, which I guess is like a blog or something. Uh, but the things, they don't, they don't crawl, they walk. So they should be night walkers. Right. I don't know. whoever named it was just a big fan of the x-men yeah exactly nightcrawler (laughs) um but so they're continually celebrated and they have been you know like marketed as these mysterious beings uh people sell pins and hand-sewn pillows uh, and there's a steady stream of new nightcrawler artwork popping up on social media and so apparently these are different than everything that uh banty and camacho have ever seen before and so there there's uh this is a quote from michael banty and he says there's like a dictionary of different cryptids or strange creatures like there's bigfoot and the chupacabra there's never been this before he says Hmm. and no one's been able to determine what it is uh they remind him of fairy people and camacho speculates nightcrawlers could be an extraterrestrial in uh insectoid approximately three feet tall resembling a praying mantis other people just think they're pants um (laughs) so a resident in fresno uh, named matt jacobs weighed into the fresno nightcrawler discussion on twitter by saying that the elusive being is just a cloth puppet on a wire maybe just a pair of pajama pants Uh, bonte is uncertain of the validity of the original surveillance footage um, and his gut is telling him one thing his head is telling him another but he said a couple popular videos circulated uh, of the nightcrawlers later and appeared to be fake but camacho believes that the first video is real um and he also said that the man who shared the video uh who we talked about jose uh has since died which is very sad um but apparently he was so scared of it that he, when he was initially filmed, he didn't want to even show his face on the the recording. And he didn't want to leave his house, and he stayed at home for a couple weeks because he was so scared of the Fresno Nightcrawler, I guess. Um, but Camacho says, It wasn't possible that someone tried to make this video just to fool you or the TV station. Um, yeah. I really like the yeah. puppet idea. Just like Jim Henson trying something new. Yeah, just, exactly. Well, we'll get we'll, we'll just, get into the. Uh, he just like got actual... a new idea for a Muppet and was like, maybe I'll like workshop it in the middle of a park in Fresno. Let's see about that one. <laughs> I'll freak out an old man <laughs> walking over his lawn. Um, so apparently, uh, there was uh, a, they were talking about debunking the Nightcrawler, um, just because, uh, I think this was the guy from before, uh. Yeah, and he said that he loves... uh, It says, Jacobs pointed to a video debunking the Nightcrawler case uh, before talking about its enduring awesomeness. I love a good urban legend, ghost story, or a bit more for just the entertainment and elements of culture, Jacobs wrote. In some ways, it is pretty Fresno that our local cryptid is a puppet made from pajama pants. And I don't mean that to be insulting. It's just how funny Fresno can be. So, this is under the section labeled hoaxes. Uh... (laughs) Some of the sightings are actually a pair of white pajama pants being puppeteered. <laughs> yeah. And the alleyway gif of the Fresno Nightcrawler was created by YouTuber Captain Disillusion by walking down the alleyway with a melon and then using digital manipulation to remove the top half of his body. Uh, his purpose to demonstrate how easily videos of cryptids can be falsified. And so overall, there's some evidence, but most evidence points towards the Nightcrawler being a hoax and it will forever be 
a nice pair of pants that people like to make art and stuff of. So, so that first image you shared with us, is that the one from Jose's story, or is that the one from the Yellowstone, Yellowstone story? Which one is that from? I believe that that's the, the Jose uh, footage. Okay, interesting. Interesting. It, it's possibly. tough. Because it it is a very like in contrast to Logan's Jersey Devil or our my Loveland Frog, it is a much more like vague image. I think it's you know it, it's easier to uh, explain uh, the Fresno Ghost as a pair of pants because it can easily resemble one. You can't really do the same for the Jersey Devil, I guess, you know, because it is a very distinct creature. Hmm, interesting. I mean, the story of the Jose's story is very compelling though. That he was so scared that he wouldn't even leave his house. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the picture now. I think this might actually be, uh, the Jose, image. Okay. Okay. That's it's a little blurry. bit more blurry and vague, but it's still kind of fun. I think the other one that I showed you before might be the one from either Yosemite or Poland. You know what that okay. that most recent image that you just sent us? It's very blurry. It looks like a maybe like a some kind of CCTV footage. Do you remember mm-hmm. like? I feel like it was maybe a year ago. There was some video that was released of this little, like, alien-looking thing that actually kind of looked like Dobby from Harry Potter, and it was, like, walking in someone's driveway. Did we ever figure out what the hell that was? I believe that was fake. I think it was some kind of puppet or something. I never heard of that. Oh, that's... It's such a weird video. Um, It's, like, 11 seconds. It's just this this tiny creature just like kind of walking on a driveway as a really weird ro- walk. Yeah. I don't know. You, uh, you might be right that it was a, a puppet. I don't think it was like ever like officially debunked, but just, just very strange. It wasn't anyway. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why that, that just popped into my head, but, um, have to talk about that next time. Yeah. Sometime. Um, a little, I mean, yeah, I don't know. The, the Fresno Nightcrawler. I mean, yeah, it's it's much different. Like it doesn't seem like this is something naturally occurring. Yeah, Brendan just sent the picture. That's the one. Uh, it doesn't seem like it could be just something naturally occurring that people are uh, mistaking uh, for being encrypted. I mean, it seems pretty pretty clear that whatever it is is not happening in nature. And I, I think the fact that there have been instances um, of just someone doing it with a pair of pajama pants and, and some wires. Like, yeah. I think that in some ways uh, sort of invalidates the other sightings that haven't been specifically debunked. But, I mean, we can guess it was just someone doing a similar thing. Yeah. I like him because he's pants. Yeah. I also like him because <laughs> he's pants. It's like the, there's a Dr. Seuss story about pants that, like, ride a bicycle or something, right? And the, maybe. and the dude gets scared of them. I don't know. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> it yeah. It certainly. I think the image of it is very terrifying. Just the, the, a pair of pants walking towards you at nighttime. I mean, I would. I'd, Jose, I hear you out. I'd be terrified too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Also, isn't that yes, just the also, plot of onward? Have not seen. <laughs> it, oh but yes, yeah. that, that's true. I haven't seen it, but you're completely correct. Um, also, I did just watch that the Dobby video in question, and wow, that was like actually really terrifying I know. and freaky. <laughs> uh, not a fan of that little dance he does at the end there. Yeah, not a fan. It's very weird. Very strange. I mean, if it is like somehow CGI, they they're very good at it. Well done. Yeah, yeah seriously. Well, I think that just about does us, huh? I think so. Uh, well, thank you. So, uh, final so, thoughts so, and ratings? So uh, sorry. Much. Yeah, exactly. Final thoughts and ratings of these cryptids. Uh, no. Uh, but <laughs> in all honesty, thank you once again so much, just so much, for listening to Twisted Mug Mysteries. It means a lot that you guys take the time to check us out. You're saying this really slowly. Are you trying to find something? Oh. I was just putting. I was just sending the plugs to the to the group. Yes. Okay. We we do. Uh, we have. Uh, we have a a list of our plugs. Um. Which which I I'm happy to read these shows. Um. So we fantastic. have we have our flagship show, the Cinema Talk Podcast, our long form movie review podcast, the CTP Movie Journal, Matt and Ryan's miscellaneous short form movie podcast, featuring the best of lists. Uh. And Matt, do we have do we have an ETA on the Best top twenty five of top twenty five films of 
the decade? It's coming out soon. That's all I'll say. Soon. We're, we're just building up anticipation. That's why. Okay. That's why. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I've been anticipating it. It's it's half a year yeah. into 2020. So, uh, anyway, the research takes a long time. I'm man. sure. I'm sure. It's all, it's all about the quality of the episode. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have Stop, Wait, What? Our improv comedy advice show. Back in Style, our newcomer friendly episodic review of Twin Peaks. Uh, Octo Island, our extended universe podcast series. Uh, Star Wars podcast series. I didn't say Star Wars in there. That's kind of crucial. Octo Island is a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> and finally, I might play that, our all new video game review. Yes, and we are also on social media. Uh, we're trying to build our social media presence on Instagram and Twitter, so uh, we would greatly appreciate if you could give us a follow at Twisted Mug Media, as I said on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we we uh, you know post every time we release a new episode, and uh, if you'd like to contact us, you can do it on those platforms, or you can email us. Uh, our email is twistedmugmedia at gmail.com. We'd greatly appreciate any sort of feedback. Uh, if you do feel so inclined, if you liked this episode, uh, leave us a five-star rating. Uh, tell us what you liked about the show. We would love to hear it. But yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode. This was a lot of fun, Brendan. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And hopefully uh, we can expect you on more episodes now that you've, you've broken the ice. Yes, of course. Um, well, thank you so much again for listening to Twisted Mug Mysteries. Uh, I'm Brendan. I'm Matthew. And I'm Logan. And this has been Twisted Bug Mysteries. Stay spooky, y'all.